0: Hi, friends. This is Kike with Psyche Podcast. So glad to be connecting with you today in this short episode. I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here in my work office. Um, it's the week of Thanksgiving. If you're listening in the United States, you'll know that. And so I'm, I'm actually working Monday and Tuesday. Got a full day of clients and um, trying to take some time off to spend with family. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend. But I thought I would just drop this episode to just uh, highlight a few things I've been reading and thinking about, some of the things that have happened in my life lately, uh, as a way to give you a bit of a a personal connection. Um, You might have seen on social media that the other day we bought a French bulldog. And this French bulldog, his name is Merlin, uh, which is... Uh, playing off the fact that he's the merle coloration, the the white and kind of dark gray, he he's really beautiful with these two blue eyes. Uh, he's already captured my heart. I'm in love. He is uh, so stinking cute and has the best personality. And he's getting along great with our other two dogs. We have two other pugs, Bear and Robbie. Uh, my uh, my mother in law actually lives in in a kind of a house apartment in our backyard. Uh, she has Parkinson's, so we help take care of her. And so she technically has Robbie, the other pug. But they all get along. It's been great. Um, it, it's a little stressful to have a puppy back in the house, waking up early again, uh, cleaning up all their shit. Uh, man, this little guy is a shit machine. Um, he is, he's, he's Merlin, definitely in the sense that he can magically produce shit all over the place. Um, it's it's kind of funny and adorable. But yeah, um, he, he's important. Um, he's definitely a new important addition to our family, and we're excited. And uh, I think everyone at Thanksgiving is going to have a blast meeting him and, and loving on him. In, in terms of what I've been reading and thinking about and just kind of sitting with in terms of my psyche, um, I've, I've been reading Robert Bly's book on masculinity entitled Iron John. And, and this is a book where he takes one of the grim fairy tales uh, entitled Iron Hans. I, I think some have, like Blyve, referred to it as Iron John, and he looks at this fairy tale as a as a mythology to help men understand what it means to really be a man. At kind of the deeper psychic spiritual level. I, I won't get into the specifics of the fairy tale or the myth now. Um, I, I'm hoping to do that maybe in later episodes. I, I plan on maybe having some friends and therapists and hopefully scholars to help me kind of discuss it and process it. But uh, but this story has been really interesting and, and it's got me thinking quite a bit about my own identity as a man, my, my own thinking—I—I—I um, I, I did sort of cut my teeth in a lot of ways, therapeutically in the world of Jungian psychology. It's still very dear to me. Um, as if, if you listen to the podcast at all, you know that I try not to identify with any school. I, I always love uh, the line from Jung, whether he actually said it or if it was apocryphal. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he's—he was once asked if, you know, he aligned with. Some of the people in the Jungian school of psychology. And he said, I thank God that I am not a Jungian. And I just so love that. You know, the idea of of killing the Buddha and not identifying with anything is uh, of utmost importance to me. But because I work almost exclusively with males in my therapeutic practice, I I work with a lot of young men who are struggling to launch into the world, into adulthood, uh, thinking about masculinity and adulthood and initiation and and what it means to have a connection with what Bly might call a healthy, wild masculine energy is actually really important to me. Now, as I'm reading the book, as I'm even saying these words in this episode, I I feel a part of my psyche cringe because I definitely don't align with the manosphere or you know, men's rights movements, or a lot of the the bullshit that I find online, which is really, I think, unhealthy forms of masculinity and can be quite toxic and are, I think, governed by patriarchy and neoliberal capitalism, on and on and on. But I do think that there is a place in the world of therapy and in the world of even psychoanalysis, there, there, there's a place to reflect on masculinity as, as an identity. And I think the book Iron John is going to be an interesting way to get into some of that stuff. Um, I already disagree with aspects of it. I, I see it maybe from a different perspective. Uh, this book, which came out in 1990, was on the New York Times bestsellers list for a long time. In many ways, it launched something called the mythopoetic men's movement, which you know maybe we can get into in a later episode. And one of the one of the figures, one of the the thinkers that I think at least fueled the movement or, or gave it some type of psychological academic legitimacy is is one of my favorite thinkers, James Hillman, the great American student of Carl Jung. I've done several episodes on him. Uh, hope to do more. And and he always has some really interesting and fresh takes on the human psyche. So it'll be interesting to maybe explore how he might think about what it means to be a man today. There's also just a lot of social scientific research that is pointing in the direction that men today in the United States and in Europe are undergoing a bit of a crisis. Uh, Richard Reeves and his tremendous book of Boys and Men really gets into that and highlights all the issues. And so it's really something that I think I would like to reflect on more, something that I want to sit with and, and wrestle with. But I guess before I end, I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a bit of a tidbit uh, from the book. So this morning in the reading, Bly reflects on the, the part of the story in, in Iron John where the, the, the boy figure who, who you're supposed to see yourself as, as, as you kind of inhabit the fairy tale or the myth, the boy is sort of staring into a pond and he sees his own reflection and he looks at himself in the eyes. And Robert Bly does a lot of really interesting things with that image. But one of the things he does, and, and this is one of the things I do love about Bly, he himself was a poet, um, a renowned American poet. He he quotes a lot of poetry in the book and and helps us think about these psychological truths, these psychological dynamics in the language of poetry, which, which I love. In fact, I used to write a lot of poetry. I probably need to get back into that. But he quotes the, uh, the great Mexican poet, Antonio Machado, and, and this is what he, he writes. This is what Machado says. Look for your other half who walks always next to you and tends to be who you aren't. And I just love that so much. And, and as Bly reflects on what that might mean for us, he, he alludes to the Gnostics who had this idea of our, our twin, or I, I've heard uh, the great American Sufi scholar and, and actual scholar of James Hillman, Tom Cheatham, uh, who I'd love to have on the podcast. Um, I've heard him refer to this idea of our, our angel up ahead. Right? That that as we as we look into the mirror and we get that experiential sense that someone is looking back, I'm, I'm drawn to what Bly and Machado and Cheatham and others would would call our, our double, a version of ourselves that is a type of ideal. Okay, we also have a shadow, and, and we can get into that, but but this double, this twin, this angel up ahead. Is us, but is not us in the moment as well. And, and there's something inspiring about that because it's not that we're looking to, you know, a distant God up above who's in this state of perfection that we'll never reach. We're not looking to some type of political authority or a cultish leader, right? Who has all the answers, who's going to make everything okay for us. We're we're looking at a, a fragment of us that's somehow in the future who's a more idealized, a more evolved, just just a better version of us. And 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 it's us, right? I mean, I, I think about Jeffrey Kripal and his incredible idea of the human as two, right? We we are Ordinary and flawed and fucked up, but we're also divine. As, as Ernest Becker says, we are gods with anuses, <laughs> but we're gods. We're, we're, we're marked by the spark of divinity, uh, something really special and beautiful and incredible. Now, I'm the first to say that this has to apply to everyone, men, women, trans, individuals, the whole gamut. So this is not exclusive to masculinity, but this is an episode where I'm trying to highlight the importance of reflecting on men and their issues and their spirituality. So as as I'm sitting with Robert Bly, as as I'm wrestling with all the sources of thought that inspire me, I'm, 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 I'm thinking today, I'm sitting today with this idea of the angel up ahead, our double, our twin what Machado says is the other half of us who walks next to us, but who is what we are not. And, and maybe I'll end with that, that's my call to you, that's my challenge, I guess you could say, to look in the mirror today, or if you can't do that, as you're sitting with yourself and you're having an experience of yourself, experiencing yourself, as crazy as that sounds, Who's your other half? Who's the double? Who's the twin? Who's the angel up ahead? That is you, but that is much more than the current version of you. And this is not the only thing that I want to say about masculinity. It's not the only framework. We have to come at it from a multiplicity of angles and perspectives and theoretical orientations. But if we're kind of looking at this, uh, Jungian, mythical, spiritual angle lens, this idea of the angel out ahead, I wonder how that might inform a healthier masculinity. Even thinking about what Robert Bly calls the deep masculine or what my friend Kent Dobson calls the sacred masculine. Could the sacred masculine, could this deep masculinity be the angel out ahead for men. This this version of us that is us, it's not divorced from our masculinity, it's not divorced from our real life, but is somehow inspired, somehow shaped and energized by these deep spiritual dynamics that are not just healthy for us, but that are, healthy for women and trans people and and creatures on this planet, healthy for the environment. I think it's something to think about. My hope is that that inspires you, that that challenges you and that it makes your day just a little bit better. Thanks so much everyone for listening to Psyche Podcast. If you can, I'd love for you to go to either Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave me a rating and a review you could leave me a positive one i would so appreciate that please as always share this episode and any other one that you enjoy with your friends with your connections on social media and let's stay connected send me an email if you have any ideas of people that might want to talk about masculinity within the framework that that would make sense for psyche podcast then hit me up let me know Um, I want to be focusing a little bit more on this in the year to come in 2024. All right. I love everyone. I hope you have a great week. And as always, continue the conversation.